0: Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, an assistant pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. On today's program, we'll hear the conclusion to my interview with Daniel, a missionary to Southern Asia who developed a burden for this needy part of the globe while growing up in a remote region of Alaska. Previously, we discussed the Forgotten Circle and the dramatic concentration of unreached peoples in this region of the world. But as we discussed, this is not the most accessible region of the world for Western missionaries. Some of the modern technological advancements in web-based communication, however, can be employed to seek out seekers in this part of the world. And Daniel has some experience in doing just that. With that introduction, here's the second part of the interview with Daniel on the subject of technology and creative access countries. Well, I would almost liken it to, I mean, how many churches have gone out and done a campaign where they put door hangers in communities and just go door to door and just sort of cast their bread upon the waters. They sow sow the seed. They don't test all the soil. And obviously there are going to be plenty of people that pick up the, the door hanger and the, plenty of those packets are going to go in the trash without ever getting read, but somebody's going to read it. And I'm this in. is just, this is just a different avenue to, to get the same kind of material or similar sort of content to places where you can't put anything on the doorknob. And right. the the thing that in the the thing that intrigues me in connection with ministry to creative access countries and places where it's uh, where it is more difficult for a westerner to access and uh, the, uh, significant things to overcome just in terms of travel and culture and living conditions et cetera is I mean we we would I think most. Most churches would be in favor of their of their local church doing a door-hanging campaign or doing a direct mail outreach or something like that. What if you could do a door-hanging campaign in a community of tens of thousands in a country where you can't go as a missionary— but these sorts of these sorts of avenues are at our disposal through some of this technology. Oh yes. And I I don't personally, brother Daniel, I don't think I'm the guy to to organize those things. But um, but I think there are people out there that could do it, and I'd love oh, yes. to see them do it.
1: Yeah. it. It's it's just another tool in the toolbox. It's another way where even people in the sending church might be able to interact and helps a missionary someone with boots on the ground to get contacts together i mean sometimes it's really hard for a missionary with boots on the ground to even make those contacts and these uh these are ways to begin that communication process tear down those walls of communication those walls of cultural misunderstandings begin to articulate the the christian worldview begin to preach the gospel to this person See someone saved potentially, and then link them up uh, with a missionary, whether that be a foreign missionary or a um, or a um, a missionary from from the U.S. or or the West.
0: You know that's a that's a very interesting point. Um, that there's significant potential there if, if sending churches and supporting churches could cooperate with some foreign missionaries that are already deployed to these certain parts of the world by helping to make contacts. I I know of an Arabic Bible ministry here in the states that has a has a website and they take requests for a copy of an Arabic Bible and then they they actually network with with missionaries and churches in Arabic speaking countries that can meet up with those that have actually um, requested a Bible from a from a, a stateside based ministry up in New England. They yes, can sir, contact yes, electronically. They can request a Bible, and they will be put into contact with either a pastor or a Christian, or in in more cases than not, a an American missionary serving on a foreign field that can actually meet this person in the in the video that you produced on the about the forgotten circle you pointed out that when it comes to the muslim population of this world there's something like 80 plus percent of those muslims that do not personally know a christian so if you think about somebody that's searching yeah i mean most most of us that watch a that watch a youtube video we're going to hit the we're going to skip through the ads because that's not what we got on there looking for but when you think about somebody in a foreign in a foreign country that's been raised, immersed in Buddhism or Islam, and they want to know something about Jesus, well, hey, in some cases, these people are already searching. And yes. the idea yes. is just to get the information out there so that they can pursue it if they choose to. And there are some tools at our disposal.
1: I don't know anyone, and you may be more familiar, anyone that is working in a place like the Maldives. I don't know of any foreign uh, Westerner who is working in the country of Bhutan. Of course, my country is, my, my knowledge is limited. Uh, You probably have more exposure to people who are out there, but these are places that are very, very restrictive. And these um, online means of communication could be the first step in.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, you also engaged in ESL training, online, and and I'm not sure how you made contact or or how you initiated these these contacts for these lessons. Tell us a little bit about how you utilized um, online English as a second language teaching to engage in gospel ministry with people in Southern Asia, for instance.
1: Well, it began as uh, a missionary on deputation with an intention of boots-on-the-ground ministry in South Asia, I wanted to prepare myself the best I could knowing um, their language. And so I began to look for an application which would allow for a um, an exchange. I teach English, they teach me their language. And, and I found that application, uh, and I say with some hesitation, the name of the application is HelloTalk. And, you know, with a premium uh, subscription to that application, I was able to pick the gender, the age, the country, and the language of potential language teaching and learning partners. Well, those analytics, if you will, those controls really put me in contact with people who have an intermediate uh, proficiency in in. English, most of the time people are seeking postgrad education abroad, they're hoping to sharpen their English skills, and they're willing to take some time and teach me their language in order to get some time speaking with an English, uh, a native speaker. They want to learn English and American slang, they want to engage with someone with another cultural, social worldview. And they expect me to be a Christian. They expect me to have a, my worldview. And it's, there's no, um, they approached me. I didn't approach them. So they're not, um, you know, too concerned. Now they are sometimes suspicious. Why do you want to learn my language? Why do you want to come here? But by me just showing the care to want to learn their language, it really helps things open up.
0: Sure. And what began for for some of these folks as a novelty In terms of interacting with a native English speaker and asking some questions about uh, American life and culture that can lend itself to to the relating of truth. And if there is a heart that is desirous for the truth, sometimes what begins with novelty progresses to genuine seeking that can be life changing.
1: It's been amazing to see uh, this ministry um, develop. I mean, I started in March of 2018, and once I got on this HelloTalk app, I had six or seven, sometimes a dozen people contacting me every day. Hello, Daniel, will you teach me English? And, you know, I don't have time to teach that many people English. And I said, <laughs> Okay. I specialize in CLIL, Content and Language Integrated Learning. I put on my profile on the application. I like to talk about the eternal truths which which have liberated me. If you're interested in talking about what I'm interested in talking about, we'll begin a conversation. And wow. <laughs> they began to come to me on the basis of teaching me the Bible. And so that's when I began to send – or rather teaching them the Bible. And that's when I began to t- send – uh, Bible studies as my English lessons, and we began to study vocabulary, content, grammar on the basis, you know, of the Bible, content and language integrated learning, uh, C-L-I-L. And it sounds fancy, but it's basically, I give you the gospel, and this is the grounds on which we study English. And that really narrowed down to some interesting contacts.
0: Well, that's that's fascinating in itself. the The fact that uh, it it's <laughs> what you're describing. It's not even there aren't even false pretenses here you're you're basically letting them know up front that hey I want to talk to you about religious subjects and it'll help your english if they have some sense of what they're getting into they're they're available to these subjects and so these these types of people may very well be the sorts that are actually seeking some truth in these areas if one of our listeners was listening to this and says hey I can I can do that uh, maybe it's, maybe it's posting some Google ads, um, or maybe it's English as a second language and, and, uh, what you've just described, I, I'll, 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 I'll interject this again. What you've just described absolutely is, is, is for a mature believer. This is not something for a new Christian. This would be reserved for somebody that had, that was rooted and grounded and gospel-minded and missions-interested. But assuming those things, how do you suggest—where would you suggest somebody getting started to engage um, sinners around the world utilizing Google Ads or YouTube Ads or social media or even ESL training online?
1: Yes. I mean, I am so much a believer that ministry— Is people, people is ministry. We're just trying to make communication happen, try to get the gospel out. And yes, this is a great commission that involves every member of the body of Christ and members of local independent Baptist churches. Bible believers can very much be involved. If they have a business, they might already be involved in some type of Google ads. Uh, If you're HVAC, if you are Carpenter, sometimes this is the means that they get business. And there's so many. Tools that we have available, but uh, say we have a trucker. He's got so much time on his hands, maybe eight hours a day, maybe 12 hours. He's just driving. And with hands free modes these days on our cell phones, we can do so much communication just driving down the road. This is what I did. Now, with all safety uh, regulations obeyed, if you can operate your phone hands free without distracting, you're driving, if you've got a long commute to work, and you're a mature uh, church member, you've got a vision, and you want to get involved, if there's a listener like that, um, there's all kinds of opportunities. If you know a second language, well, that even helps you better. Uh, If you've got a particular country or focus that you're praying that God would send a missionary, well, maybe by beginning conversations with people from that country, like I said on Hello Talk you can narrow it down to the country, even the city, the gender. So I say I always tried to avoid talking to um, to someone of the opposite sex, so I would always focus on young men. That way, as a single man, even as a married man, I'm really pouring my life into people that are, number one, going to listen to me culturally. They're going to hear from, from another man better, but someone I'm going to be more effective in talking to. And so with these tools that really let me narrow down to just talking to young men who are getting out of college who have an intermediate English level and already have questions about the Bible, something like hello talk, when structured correctly, uh, could really narrow down the focus to potential prospects. Uh, I would have to say bilingual missionary kids. They still might want to keep in touch with their with their language, keep up their uh, language proficiency. Um, maybe they're equipped. They, maybe they know uh, this 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 language. Maybe uh, they might be working with people who have a knowledge of English where communication around the gospel is still possible. It's possible to communicate these abstract ideas uh, through a um, social media ministry. Uh, what I like to do, since I've got a high volume of people contacting me asking me to learn to teach English, what I've begun to do in the last few weeks actually is exciting uh, inspired by all the church uh, meetings now who are going to Zoom uh, with restrictions on church services and such. It's amazing that I one person could potentially talk to a thousand people in a structured content and language-integrated uh, lesson. Just a matter of sending out a bunch of emails, asking people to download Zoom, and say, I don't have time to teach you one-on-one. I can teach you the Bible and English in this structured English class, much in the way that online paid ESL teaching happens in places like Korea and, and and China, we can do this volunteer. And when we do it volunteer, we can dictate the curriculum. There's endless opportunities, absolutely endless.
0: So I'm not sure if this was if this was part of your design initially when you began doing ESL online back in March of 2018. But you eventually made a trip to Asia where you did in-person follow-up with at least some of the individuals that you had communicated with online. So how did that come together?
1: Well, once again, I feel like I need to qualify um, you know the possible dangers of that, but that was amazing. We actually, the uh, Lord let me begin this. I thought I was learning um, the local language I'm working on learning. And Instead, I didn't get too much language learning done. I did stay active in the knowledge of the language I already had. I I began to learn maybe a a word or two a day, but I will say, maybe God can use something like this to even bring some cultural and linguistic understanding to um, someone long distance. It could prepare someone potentially for taking a trip. Once you build relationships, once someone gets saved, once uh, someone gets keenly interested, and they need someone to place a Bible in their hand, like you alluded to earlier. Um, if you don't have boots on the ground to do that, then it, it might lead to trip like it did for me. So in um, December of 2018, about nine months after I began this online ministry, interacting with people from South Asia, God began to give me contacts of the caliber that were so interested and so um, so much prospects that God burdened my heart to go ahead and go on another survey trip and meet up with these men in their own homes, in their own villages. Sometimes I wasn't comfortable. I didn't know them well enough to say, yeah, I am vulnerable to you. I'll go to your house. So we'd meet up in a, um, in what they call a hotel or a, um, uh, you know, a restaurant, a coffee shop and maybe I would have more than one of my English students meet up with me at the same time and same place. That way they're accountable to each other. And it was really uh, interesting. I didn't go down there, I didn't see another white face except uh, on a couple occasions. It was just a matter of me going there and meeting with 16 key men, key men in three different countries in South Asia. Um, so God just allowed me to, to purchase Bibles in those countries at uh, Bible bookstores, which were available. The Lord let me effectively just go spend time anywhere average of about eight, nine hours with each one. But one man, he was a Christian and we just had eight, uh, rather five days of intense Bible study. I lived in his house. Uh, The Lord opened great doors in in that family and doors to follow up later when I actually go there in the future.
0: So what kind of response when you, when you first communicated with these men and said, Hey, I'm interested in coming to see you. Would you, uh, w- what do you think about a visit? Um, what kind of response did you get? Were they, were they surprised that you took such an interest and, and were they open to you in some cases, visiting in their homes and p- possibly even staying with them?
1: It was just amazing. Many times they invited me, uh, that before I even knew I was going on a trip, I got repetitive, uh, come over to Macedonia and help us kind of, uh, (laughs) uh, calls. And that's when I began to pray about taking this trip. It wasn't, I'm planning on making a trip. Do you want me to come? It was more like, will you come and uh, visit me in my country? And, And that, you know, of course there's that novelty of, of being able to post a picture on social media of, of, you know, here I am a local in a developing or third world country and I'm with an American that does something to his social media status. And you got to kind of discern (laughs) that, Um, (laughs) you know, we're, we're nothing, we're dirt just like them, but we've got the gospel and we might use this motivation that they have to get the conversation started.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that it's really hard for us in the West to wrap our minds around um the the sensibilities of community that are pervasive in the East and uh, certain uh, certain uh, conceptions of hospitality and a a collective mentality it's it, in in many of these places it's nothing for these pe- for these folks to invite you into their home that's it's the it's the way that they live it's it's just their they they this is this is the way they think. they're not they're not highly individualistic. They're not private no. people. they don't they don't even understand privacy in the way that we as Westerners would understand them. So if somebody is willing, if a westerner and and with taking the necessary precautions, we don't want to call we don't want to cast caution to the wind. but um if, if for a man that's willing to sort of step out there and traverse these uh, these strange cultural, Boundaries. Uh, I think there are some there are some interesting opportunities out there.
1: Oh yes. Can I give you a story real quick? Sure, sure. Um, here's a man. Um, he, he he lives in a country in in, in South Asia. His name is Karthik. He comes from high um, Hindu caste. He is um, he's a man who was an agnostic back in March of 2018 when we first began to talk. He was teaching me his language. We began to get onto the more abstract um, truths that I wanted to communicate. Here's a man that kind of was a little abrasive to that idea, but he opened up. God opened his heart. And we began to build this communication relationship to the point that he began to question his own um. Agnosticism. You see, he was disappointed by his Hindu gods. He prayed, and none of them answered. And so, come January of 2019. So I went there in in um, December of 2018, January of 19. I was in his his country, and he actually received a Bible, some Bible studies, but. Even to this day, he's just now getting the courage to take that Bible, which he's hid under his bed, lest his father, he's an adult, he's probably my age, unless um, his father would see him and potentially kill him. There's that great collective sense of society and community. And for a young man in his mid-20s to, to break from all of that, uh, Karthik has sense said, now he, he loves Jesus, he wants to become a Christian, but he's afraid of the persecution, and at length he's described to me what he assumes that would be. Uh, so just a couple days ago, I was able to tell him, you can download an app in your language of the Bible. Uh, not a perfect translation, uh, but um, he wasn't interested in that, uh, because he wanted the King James Bible and I said, well, praise, <laughs> praise the Lord. This is, this is, this is more like it. He said, I'm not interested in learning my language. You know, I can understand English even better. His English was that good. Uh, and so I got to hear him read to me from an online app that he didn't even know existed. John three sixteen. I, my natural tendency is to discourage people here in the U S who have the capability to open up a paper Bible from really, um, you know, reading their Bible on an app. But for someone like Karthik, the app, and apps can be developed for, for a language or a people that doesn't, doesn't have one in their language, um, where he can discreetly write in the presence of his family, read the Bible, allow faith to come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And he doesn't have to even touch that paper Bible that I gave him. Sure. And sure. Karthik, he's so excited.
0: Amen. This your your the the way that your story has developed here uh, brings a couple of things to mind. I think that we I think that we should look at if if the technology, the social media platforms, Google Ads, YouTube Ads, if these kinds of things uh, they have their place. We might liken them to gospel literature to track to track distribution. If you would, it's broadcasting. It's it's sowing the seed on every kind of soil and uh awaiting some good ground uh, and 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 for some and for some growth to to grow up and uh for some for some seekers of truth to respond but these things are no uh substitute for relationships and if, if we're going to be effective in leading people to Christ, it's going to require some human interaction, not just Google ads and YouTube ads. So there's going to have to be some relationship building if we're going to be effective in fulfilling the Great Commission. And the logical development of that is that laborers are needed, full-time laborers, some people that will go and learn the culture and learn the language and be accessible in the flesh there is facebook twitter all of these things podcasting whatever whatever media whatever technological platform that you're talking about it is no replacement no substitute for face-to-face communication and so that brings me to the the next thing that i wanted to to ask you about is that trip that you took in december 2018 was not only an opportunity for you to follow up with those sixteen key men in three countries. It ended up being a survey trip, and you're now making preparations to deploy to this part of the world full time. So, how does a guy get like you get from Google Ads to relocating to Southern Asia?
1: Well, it's a development of God's work on my heart. It's 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 the fulfillment of the calling God has placed on my life, as God reveals that. You know. Um, it's interesting to see how we can try to put together our tentative plans, but God just often changes them through these powerful means of communication. God has opened so many doors, and you know running online ads was God's way of keeping me involved and preparing me for where he called me until I was ready to take more steps in the direction of relocating there. God can use this in anyone's life um. Any kind of ministry which brings people, brings you into contact with people who you probably wouldn't have initially expected to be working with, but it's when God burdens your heart to pray for a specific people group or country, uh, an ethnic group, and you become burdened for that people, that's when God might just send you.
0: So, such such was the case for the apostles. To whom the Lord addressed his statement in Matthew 9 to pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And in the next chapter, he is separating them and sending them forth to uh, preach the gospel of the kingdom to the lost sheep of the house of yes. Israel. Yes,
1: yes. these yes. people living in for, in the forgotten circle, they might be forgotten by man, but they're not forgotten by God. Uh, Luke twelve six are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? and Not yes. one of them is forgotten before God.
0: So that brings the conversation full circle here, Brother Daniel. What would you like to see develop among independent Baptist churches to communicate the gospel to the forgotten millions in the forgotten circle?
1: Uh, It would be exciting to see more emphasis in the representation of the needs of the Forgotten Circle and places like the countries, the Creative Access countries in the Forgotten Circle. So there are places like um, Afghanistan. It's not in the Forgotten Circle, but just as needy as any needy country within it. More representation to the Creative Access nations within and without, uh, outside of the Forgotten Circle. Um, field of Focus projects. Um, I remember when my dad asked me to study a different country every week and bring kind of a mini presentation of a different country every week to our Sunday night service. Churches can be involved in bringing fields of focus before their people and educating uh, their people on the unreached people groups around the world. I'd have to say that God called my brother Mark to one of these countries. He's a younger brother. Um, While uh, I was conducting one of these field of focus projects on a Sunday night uh, I saw one church in a missions conference do a parade of nations in their missions conference. And, and that was just a fantastic thing to see children dress up and say, I am, you know, Muhammad. I am from, you know, Morocco. Uh, nobody ever came to tell me about the Lord. Would you pray God sends me? And then up comes... Aisha and Aisha tells about um, Afghanistan and the need there, and all these children dressed up in different costumes. It was just another way of education, re-emphasizing the needs of the forgotten circle, Creative Access Nations, and, and really making it personal to children. I think that representation is is very needed. Um, I think that more training, pre-field preparedness for those who feel the call of God's. Um, God's calling their life to focus on some creative access nation. They need the training. Um, If churches can just get a vision for one people group and adopt that one people group, uh, maybe they might be able to connect with a missionary who's working among there and maybe have a several-pronged plan of operation where certain people in that church get involved in um, creative access missionary work. Providing this missionary with boots on the ground contacts to work with, like that one Arabic um, ministry up in the northeast of uh, the US is doing around the world. Things like that really are multi pronged effort. And churches can get involved in student ministries on universities, ESL classes. There's in this globalist day that we live in, uh, there's people from all around the world. Even if you're not in a port city with a Opportunity for a seafarers ministry. There's most of the time a university ministry or maybe in a car plant. There's, there's someone from some part of the world that you can get your feet wet in cross cultural, multinational, um, cross linguistic missionary work. Ethnic restaurants. Let's get past our pride, past our phobias, our prejudices, our preconceived ideas, and position ourselves for cross cultural missions.
0: A lot of great suggestions there, Brother Daniel. I, I really appreciate the, the conversation today, and I'm, I'm intrigued and encouraged by the way that your burden has developed over the years, from your uh, being trained and mentored and discipled by your father in the remote regions of of Alaska and British Columbia, Canada, to your engagement with uh, foreign peoples in the Siemens ministry, to your making use of technology to get the gospel to creative access countries, and how that progressed to actually visiting some of the people that you taught in uh, online ESL, and now you deploying eventually to Southern Asia, you and your wife, to serve the Lord with your lives uh, all of these things are fascinating, and and I appreciate you uh, suggesting some strategy, and some tools, and some some practical ideas for uh, getting involved in missions around the world, and how local churches can educate their people about some of the needs. Thank you, Daniel, so much for for thinking through these things and for talking with us. Uh, to us about them. I I have no doubts that uh, wherever the Lord should take you, you will go there with zeal and thoughtfulness. So I appreciate you uh, thinking out loud and, and talking with us about some of these things.
1: Well, thank you, Brother Cadenhead. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you on this podcast. It's been a blessing to talk through these things, study through them, and just really point people to the needs in that forgotten circles, where my heart is, where God has placed my wife and I. We appreciate um, you all and um, pray for you often.
0: In Colossians 1 5 through 6, the Apostle Paul indicated that the gospel had come unto those believers at Colossae as it had in all the world. In verse 23 of the same chapter, he indicated that the gospel had been preached to every creature which was under heaven. That is a description of the progress of the gospel in the first century, long before the advent of the printing press, the television, the radio, or the internet. Since then, it seems like the church has been falling steadily behind. The commission that was so effectively carried out by the apostles is still, I believe, incumbent upon the church today. And if we have some legitimate tools to carry this out, we'd do well to utilize them. In our conversation today, we didn't so much engage in the brass tacks of utilizing social media for missional objectives. That's a conversation, to be honest, that would have been over my head. To reiterate a couple of points, however, that were made in the course of our conversation. Number one, the various modes of digital communication available to us today are replete with snares and pitfalls the devil has obviously used social media to great effect in, as far as I'm concerned, hindering the cause of the gospel. Secondly, the very best sort of digital communication could never be a substitute to old-fashioned personal face-to-face communication, and when it comes to missions, that means boots on the ground wherever the gospel is needed. I think Brother Daniel's description of his own use of digital media and missions struck a good balance. For all of my reservations about social media, in light of the Great Commission, I would like nothing more than, kind of like Beniah in 2 Samuel 23, to see the church today take what we have in our hand, just as Beniah had a staff in his, and Beniah plucked the spear from the hands of an Egyptian and slew that Egyptian with his own weapon. In the same manner, I would love to see the church pluck this technology from the hands of the enemy and utilize it to mortally wound the purposes of this world for the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give some consideration to these things. Perhaps you can be a part of it. Thanks again for tuning in to the program. You can subscribe to this program wherever you receive your podcasts. And if it's been a blessing to you, please feel free to invite others to tune in. I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.